Welcome to the Liberty Experts Podcast, where all your liberty questions are answered, discussed, and debated by experts. Now, here are your liberty experts, Tim Moen and David Birnbaum. Hello, good sir. How, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing all right, David. You know, I don't know. It's, um, I don't know. I'm, you know, I feel a little bit of just low energy, just like a, this hum of uh, lockdown nuttiness and, you know, just kind of feeling tired, body, by soul, time, spirit. By the time the viewers or listeners are having this episode, I will be on a beach in Florida. So I'm just oh, waiting. Well, body done. I, right now we're recording on a Monday and on Friday, I'm out of here. I'm going on vacation for two weeks. So I'm just like, my brain is just like, let it be Friday. <laughs> hey, wait a second. Uh, is, uh, what about essential versus non-essential travel? Is that a thing still? Or uh, The federal government cannot prevent you from leaving the country and they cannot prevent you from coming back to the country, even though they, the border is closed and they don't think you should leave. Oh, interesting. Okay. And the U.S. is letting Canadians in. So, okay, well, that's good to know. And you this predict here's here's a question for you. So, uh, my son is coming home. Sand on the beach that needs to be saved by my <laughs> right. Yeah, well, that is essential for sure. Um, no, my son is coming back uh, this Friday from uh, university in Ohio, and he's really worried because you know his tr- he's got his truck and all his possessions in Ohio. He's flying back. He's, he's leaving all that stuff behind. He's like, can, am I going to be able to get back to it? Right. And of course, you know, for a young man, your truck, your means of transportation is everything, at least, uh, you know, for us rednecks here in Alberta, it's like, yeah, you know, you, that, that is, represents freedom for a, a, yeah, a person. Yeah. You, I can go where I want, when I want, when I have a vehicle. So yeah. he's, so it sounds like you're pretty confident. Uh, there's not going to be any issues with him getting back. Well, uh, that all depends to, on Mr. Joe Biden. Well, he's got, he doesn't get inaugurated till January 20th. So it's up to Trump because uh, okay, uh, Noah fine. has to get yeah. back to school before that. Then, then he's fine to get back in. I know a handful but, of people at least who've gone on vacations to the U.S. in the past couple of months. And like, it's like massive amounts of old people are still going to Florida. The only issue is they're like what I heard is there, they have, you can't, it's really hard to cross over land for whatever random reason. So they all right. have to fly and have their cars shipped to them in Florida That's uh, crazy. instead of being able to drive to Florida. But, uh, yeah. Hashtag science or something, right? Your son will have an issue. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what I thought too. So, um, so today you wanted to talk about dimwits versus midwits. I remember, I don't know if you're the one who brought this up or we may have talked about it before. I mean, I, I have a general sense of what you mean, but why don't you fill me in and, and why you wanted to talk about it? Yeah, well, I mean, I, it's just been, I don't know, a pet peeve of mine or an ongoing thing uh, where I, I see like the, the whole political discourse is being made up of these two groups that I call dimwits and midwits. And, you know, the adults are like on the fringes. We're the like outsiders to the conversation. Right. So, um, you know, I, I use the example of, uh, and I think I talked about this when we did our lockdown episode, our update recently, 
where, you know, if I'm a fire safety expert and I want to, and my primary goal is to stop house fires, what I would say maybe is something like, well, we could stop house fires and practically eliminate them if we ban kitchens um, and, and all heating sources and electricity in households. And that is as close to a scientific fact as you can get, right? And so I could say hashtag science. If we want to stop house fires, we ban all these heating sources in a house, right? And and then I said, okay, well, the dimwit response to that would be house fires are a hoax. I'm going to cook with a flamethrower, right? And the, the midwit response would be, we need to listen to the fire safety experts and follow their advice, right? And the adults would say something like, uh, you know, understand the risks and rewards of cooking and uh, <laughs> and use precautions, right? Mm. And and so that's what I mean by the dimwits and the midwits, right? And and so you know, in the context of COVID, for example, uh, you know, a friend of mine went to um, an anti-lockdown rally in Calgary recently, and he was because he's a libertarian like me and he thinks you, you shouldn't aggress against people. And he was disappointed to find that it was full of people touting conspiracies like 5g is causing these, uh, causing people to be sick, not a virus. Um, you know, that there are like, there's a new world order and a master plan and people pulling, you know, like just one thing after another, just camps of all these people around um, you know, and, and so the people that I, I need to ally with are, are people that think like that because they're the ones that are going to are going to allow me to have freedom. Um, meanwhile, the midwits are all hashtag science um, and, and think that they're that they're on board and, and they want to put everyone in the dimwit camp. Right. So, for example, I was on this libertarian page the other day and it's, it's a bunch of kind of, I don't know if I'd describe them as left libertarian, or, but they're certainly the kind of the beltway type libertarians that are, you know, and, and they, they love to have Trump derangement system, right? So, so syndrome. So it's the type of libertarian that gets deranged at Trump, but is far more sympathetic to, to the left. And we'll carry on a conversation with the leftist, no problem. Oh, we have our disagreements with the left, but they will absolutely have venom at, um, at people that support Trump or something like that. And, and so they posted a, this tweet by Thomas Massey, and I'll read you the tweet here. Uh, Thomas Massey, um, said tweets this thing out and, and thomas massey is uh i think he's a senator in the states do, do you know is he a senator or a congressman a anyways he's one of these he's one of the liber good guys there right there's thomas massey justin amash uh rand paul these are kind of like the liberty caucus guys in the republican party in in the u.s but massey tweets out and massey okay by the way i one thing i know about him is that he is an mit graduate and he has like developed this his own solar power system on his farm where he like grows eggs he has this whole system right so he's he's a sharp cookie let's put it that way he's not a dullard uh he's not a midwit okay or a dimwit uh, and here's what he tweets he says which immunity is superior Vaccines shown to be 70 to 90% effective at 7 to 14 days based on a few hundred cases of COVID or natural immunity shown to be 99.999% effective at eight months 
based on a few million cases. Okay, so they, and then he's got a follow-up tweet to that that clarifies the context of that a little bit more, but they didn't, they didn't post that. They just posted that tweet and someone's snarky reply to it, which is the one that causes, uh, <laughs> that, that doesn't cause a million, more than a million deaths, right? Uh, implying that Ma Massey is advocating that people just go out and have like chicken pox parties and get COVID and get natural immunity. But they didn't put it into context. They, you know, his follow-up tweet was to be sure I'm not suggesting anyone should go out and try to contract COVID, but I can't imagine a reason why someone under 30 who's already fully recovered from the virus would take the vaccine without at least another year's worth of data. All right. So a very reasonable point. If I've already recovered from COVID, what's the point in me getting uh, a vaccine that hasn't been very well tested compared to most vaccines uh, when I've already got immunity like there's been i think 26 documented cases worldwide of reinfection of covid only 26 so that's as close to zero as you can get like so it looks like they're they're it, it, get recovering from the virus provides immunity well now i i'm like as soon as i saw this tweet on this page by these midwits I'm like, there's got to be more to it than this. Like, I, I don't believe that that's the context Massey did. And I just went to his Twitter page and I saw, oh yeah, that's what he meant. Obviously he's not that stupid, right? But these midwits jumped on him. And, I, and so I posted a screenshot of the full context of his tweet. And then I got piled on and these midwits called me anti-vaxxer. And they're like, this is ridiculous. How can you believe this nonsense? So I'm, and I'm like, you know, it, it, so I, I just, I've, I guess I'm frustrated uh, and I wanted to talk about this, um, this battle I see and, and get your thoughts on it. So three things came to mind while you were talking. So there's, I'll just dive into them one at a time. So first you mentioned like, you know, this guy went to this rally and there was a bunch of conspiracy theorists and all this stuff. But like you need to work with these people if you want liberty. And that's where you and I disagree. Right. Um, right. Right. The objectivist movement is much more of the idea. This will take a long time. We only want to work sure. with other adults. And however long it takes, that's the only way it can be achieved. Like like and that's why politics wouldn't really work right now for an objectivist or an objectivist movement, because they won't be able to get any votes, really. Right. But that being said, I don't have to worry about working with people for the most part who are conspiracy theorists or bought into some of my values and not others. And so definitely when you have a big tent liberty movement, there's going to be people who have it for all different sorts. And it is difficult, right? Because, and it's also, it's, it's troublesome to your, um, the more you can allow yourself to be associated with people like that, the more the midwits can point to you and say, well, look at this guy. He's picked, yeah. he's taken pictures with flat earthers or whatever it is. Right. 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 Um, and so that is, that is difficult. And it's like, uh, you know, it's lonely being an adult, but I'd rather be lonely than with a bunch of dimwits. Right. Um, mm. Though I'm not the biggest fan of uh, this terminology. I think it's, uh, too it's it's mean but uh, right right yeah no it, it is mean and and i you know i hesitate to use it and like i i don't think poorly of uh i shouldn't say that i, I, I kind of do people i call dimwits 
Yeah, I kind of do. I kind of do. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, but I, I at least sympathize with them. Right. I, I mean, I can understand where they're coming from and it's not that they're necessarily dim witted or anything like that. Like the, it's not like they're cognitively slow or anything. It's just that they, they haven't focused their mind in a particular way on, on subjects, you know, and, right, and they and sense very clearly that something is off, right. They, they see something's messed up with the world and they just, get the diagnosis wrong. Um, right. And that brings me to the second point, which is let's call it about the midwits. Right. And it's the, the issue. Isn't that like, you know, the issue is that they just don't understand how to think in principles and how to apply things broadly. So the third point is like, I wouldn't call them dimwits or midwits, but the people I have in my life who fall into some of these camps and particularly the midwit camp, we'd say, but I, I think they're intelligent people in some realms, in the mm -hmm. realms they know, but then they don't think with the same vigor. They don't approach the issues the same way in the political realm, in the moral realm and these sorts of things. Right. And so that's the issue is they just don't know how to think. And so they get attracted to sort of like easy explanations. And it seems to me that like, yeah, so the biggest issue is that people don't know how to think about these issues properly. And what comes to mind in terms of like the biggest difference between like, let's call it the dimwit and the midwit, as it would, they, the, the camps would be stereotypically viewed, um, is the, 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 the dimwit camp knows that there's a problem they're right. so focused. There is a problem. What's the solution? Whereas the midwits are like, this solution basically makes sense. I'm not certain of if it's an actual problem or not, though. Right. So it's like they want something that sort of integrates, sort of makes sense, even though they'll they'll not give you um, they'll not give you time of day to say no. But this is actually a problem that this is not the right solution for, even though you think the solution makes sense. Right. Because like, okay, in this worldview, it sort of does, right? And so I think that's a, a big part of the difference to me. And it's interesting because even like, again, I don't consider these people uh, mid-witted or whatever, but like I recently posted something on my Facebook that like I just wanted to share with some people and I didn't want to message each one of them. And then some people that I knew in university, I've not spoken to in five years, commented and asked why that was my view, right? Um, you know, right. I posted... It was a video from the University of Waterloo's new president. And the video like focuses on how important equity is and diversity and decolonialization. And I'm like, this is not what a university is for. This is not should be the strategic focus of the university. I'm very disappointed that they're talking about this stuff, right? Um, and some people like commented like, why? Like this, these are good things. And it's like, I'm not gonna debate these people in my Facebook comment feed to try and convince right. them that these are bad notions, that this is yeah. built into Marx, like this is off, off pittings of Marxism. And these people, um, right. And so it's like, I just, I just, I'm just going to be alone over here. Right. I don't want to convince the midwits or the dimwits or whatever. Again, not that I'm, I'm not insulting these people's intelligence. Um, I think it's just the way they've learned, they've been taught to think about certain things. Um, and so it's just unfortunate. And again, uh, you know, the stereotype is, um, you know, you go to you, you you go to university to get an education so you can think you know everything, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically like that. So it's these the, they they think they've been taught how to think. They think they have the right methodology, and that like they just must know what's up, right? Um, and then they're very dismissive. The thing that I've talked about before is how frustrated I am that they feel perfectly comfortable 
uh, some of these people being totally dismissive of people who disagree with them of they must be morons, we have to take care of them, blah, blah, blah. But then any idea that I'd consider them to be like lacking knowledge, like, oh, I'm a jerk. How can I think I'm so much better and holier than thou? And it's like, you know, they can look down, but no one can look down on right. them. Right? And that's kind of the, the interesting thing. Yeah. And, and I, I got a couple points. One is, um, you know, you, you talk about how you, you don't want to reach out to people and you just want to stick with the adults in the room, let's say, um, this is a long game. And, and I generally agree with that. However, um, the problem is I'm not sure that, you know, I, I think your strategy assumes that we can create a, a bunch of adults over time or something like that. Right. I'm becoming less and less convinced that that's possible. Um, and I think that there's some research that might back this up, like the, the Jonathan Heights uh, research on, on political personality um, and, and like how correlated, how you could predict someone's political leanings based on their big five personality trait. Uh, I think that is, you know, I, I don't, I think it's very difficult to change someone's personality. I, I, so I think there's two things here that we've talked about before, and it's kind of a big sticking point between us is sure. you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't say people can't be adults, but we're going to let them self govern properly. Right? Like that's the whole, if you don't think people can be rational and can be adults, Right. I don't see how you don't eventually end up with the conclusion of the status of, well, someone has to tell them what to do. Someone has to take care of them because we well, because the, because the, the dumbest, because taxes run the country. Well, but that, that's just it. I mean, it, if you know, people are either devils in which case you can't uh, risk a government or they're angels in which case you don't need one. Right. So, you know, it, right. if you don't we're... want midwits and dimwits running your life, um, you know, you can't have, uh, you, you have to restrain government at least or minimize it somehow and, and figure it right. away. And so, so that's the thing that we're trying to figure out is how do we minimize this? Is it by convincing enough people of uh, like objectivism or Rothbardian, Rothbardianism? Um, or is it by, uh, you know, you know, Murray Rothbard? And here's, here's the other thing that, that has kind of um, caused me to think over the last few days. I read this, uh, old essay by Murray Rothbard that uh, I think it's called right-wing populism and in which he makes the case that, you know, thanks libertarian party. You've been great. Uh, you've popularized the word libertarian. A lot more people are, are identifying as libertarian, but you've done your job. You've gone as far as you can go. Thank you for your service and goodbye. Now it's time to move to allying with um, right-wing populists. And he says, we can't ally. He, he's, he made the mistake in the past of allying himself with the kind of left-wing populists on, on certain strategic areas. And he realized it was a mistake. And his basic premise was, look, these populists or progressives, they, their strategy of incrementalism works, right? So, so they get in with government and they can incrementally grow the state because that's the trend line for the state. Anyways, the state wants to grow. All the incentives are there for it to grow. So it doesn't take much nurturing to do that. Whereas right-wing populists, libertarians, small government conservative types, want to shrink the government and this is what explains why it's impossible for conservatives to do anything but maybe slow the government a little bit um and so th thus the moniker they're progressives driving the speed limit basically and so so he says what we have to do is popularize 
these ideas, the ideas of liberty by reaching out to them on things that we agree on, you know, abolish the welfare state, state lower taxation, um, you know, he, he has a whole list of things and popularize these ideas among the, the so-called dimwits, right? Because these other people that are like beltway libertarianism doesn't work. He, he, he says the Cato Institute, these, these, um, the Koch brothers, these people cozy up to the hall corridors of power and assuming that they can influence government in a direction towards more liberty when that is obviously impossible. It's never worked and never will work. Uh, government grows. It doesn't shrink. Right. And so two, two points. One, jumping back to the personality thing, Jonathan Haidt, like, I don't buy that. I don't, I, that that's determinism, basically. Um, mm -hmm. Like, oh, you, you have a certain personality and you'll just be a certain way. One, like, to, to a large degree, maybe not those specific traits, but you can change the way your mind works. You can change your values. You can change the, like you have a lot of possibility to change your, the way you are. Um, right. Not at a deep, deep fundamental level, but like you can definitely change yourself enough to have different political views um, and people have free will. So I just want to say that. Um, and, and I agree with you about like that those approaches don't work, right? So the Ayn Rand Institute's approach is primarily how do we get these ideas into people when they're young, right? Because we're not going right. to change 40-year-olds' minds, right? And it's about how do we get more professors that are objectivists? How do we get more Ayn Rand books into young people's hands so they start to think for themselves at a young age instead of just being built into the system, Right. And like, right. that's the thing. So it is a longer game and they do try and focus their efforts on like education primarily. Like they try and educate young adults um, to become people who can spread the ideas more to further young adults. And they send like hundreds of thousands of books per year to, you know, schools all over the U.S. so that more people are exposed to these ideas at a young age. Right. Because, yeah, it's going to be very hard to. And, and that's the only way you influence the culture. You're going to influence it by slowly but surely changing the wave, right? And having a steadfast philosophical view that people over time adopt. Yeah. I, I, you know, regardless of any of that, you know, what I think I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to show, I'm trying to be a role model, right? Like that's my goal in terms of like how I think I can help this movement. It, when I'm a billionaire, as we talked, uh, or as people will know in our year end, you know, we talk about three years from now, I'm going to run a tech empire. I'll be a, I'll be a rapper, recording artist of some sort and all of this other stuff. And then people can say, oh, David, how did you um, achieve these things? And I'll say, well, I was rational and I don't think I should impede other people's liberties and these sorts of things. And the more we can have like specific people who are successful be able to do that, right? So you don't need a lot of people, but if you can find the next Elon Musk at age 12, at age 15, um, you know, the guy who runs Boom Supersonic, which is like the, the new supersonic jet company, he was influenced by Ayn Rand's ideas. So if he becomes like an Elon Musk type figure, then like, that's really beneficial. If I can become an Elon Musk type figure and just be really, you know, what I really look forward to actually is when the Congress tries to break up my media empire and I go to the congressional hearing dressed like Dennis Rodman 
and I just call them out and I do not give them leeway like Mark Zuckerberg does, like Tim, like you have to use these platforms as the face of capitalism, as, you know, the successful people. That's my goal is to do that aspect of it. Um, but I think the education aspect is a big thing as well. But you have to show people the actual values of these things. And, and that's what's tough as well. I kind of went all over the place there. No, no, that's good. No, you know, you know what you have, um, you have made me happier, David. I, uh, I, I'm encouraged by this conversation because you're right. People can change your mind. I changed my mind and, uh, it's not good to think of people as, you know, just one thing or another. In fact, you might say I'm engaging in the same type of binary thinking that the midwits and dimwits think of by thinking that these are the two categories. You're either in this category or that category, and that's just who you are. Now you're not, it's just uh, quality of thinking and, and you can change your quality of thinking. You can change what your mind focuses on and you can get help from others to do that and so that that's you and i have no no issues with the, the fact that it's going to be a grind um but the grind gets gets a little wearisome sometimes right and that's what we talked about as well is that's why this podcast is valuable and trying to grow a community is valuable because you know i've heard many times that one of the reasons people love the ayn Rand conferences is because for like one week they get to just be surrounded by people like them who think like them right and it's like a right fresh air like the, the way the world could be right um yeah which is interesting and and you know what comes to mind for me is um it's yeah it's this kind of tribal mentality of of like just there's a tendency to treat people okay we're not going to label them in these tribes but now it's the midwit and the dimwit tribe and right, this right, way. Right. Like, no each person's an individual each person has values they're aiming at if and i can help them understand that they can achieve their values better through my means than the means they currently use that is, there's a potential there but it's slow like you know i have i have at least 10 people that i'm convinced are more right. open to libertarian and liberty and objectivist ideas because of the conversations they've had with me and me helping them just think well i know i agree that that's a good value for you to get i agree with that thing but like maybe you're going about it the wrong way and that's yeah. The, the big realization I had uh, before you and I met or after our first meeting, I suppose, was was just that, oh, if I want to achieve my values, I should do it through capitalism, not government, because it would just right. be faster. I'd be able to get more famous more quickly. I'd be able to have more impact more quickly by becoming uh, a Bill Gates than by trying to become a Justin Trudeau. Right. Um, right. And so that's just sort of in terms of it's not my primary focus like it was back then, but in terms of how I think I'll be able to impact the culture. Yeah, it's by being rich and famous and successful. And many people value that and will say, well, how did this guy? I want to be like him. I don't want to be like Justin Trudeau. He's not my role model. But maybe this David guy is right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, you know, what came to mind um, just now is is, you know, some conversations I've recently had where, you know, I think I, I've had a bit of influence. One was a podcast I did with the, the National Firearms Association, and I used a term that they didn't like, a term that the the anti-gunners, um, you know, like the gun grabbers use to kind of disparage them. And, and I said, look, I, I use that term. I can't remember what it was, but I said, I use that term specifically. I, I take their assumptions as correct. So even if uh, that term they use is an accurate description. It still doesn't justify government restricting government lockdown rights. I, I said, I use, do the same thing with climate, uh, climate 
um, the climate talk, even if climate catastrophe is coming, that just bolsters my argument that we need liberty now to ha- stave off that thing. Um, you know, and, and so the way I, I, I talk to people who, who, you know, sp- talk about conspiracy theories like 5G or 9-11 was an inside job, I say, well, even if 9-11 wasn't an inside job, that still doesn't justify America's foreign policy. Um, you know, even if it happened exactly like the narrative says, it still doesn't justify inv- the invasion of the Middle East. So w- why wouldn't we focus on that rather than trying to to prove something that seems almost impossible to prove, right? And you know, even if five G uh, isn't causing the, these illnesses, it still doesn't justify these lockdowns and mandates um so yeah that's that's a good point and and there's something and and people respond to that right and and they get that so right and i think it's also for you know i've I've not met many of these kinds of people who are really kind of into conspiracy theories and stuff i know some people who sometimes talk to me about that kind of thing um but I also would say it's not just kind of redirecting that specifically, but just redirecting their focus on, okay, well, what are you trying to get in your life right now? Because a lot of it, it's often like, oh, I'm not getting what I want in life. So I'm going to focus my energy somewhere else and saying, okay, well, what are you getting in life? What do you want in life? And how can I maybe help you get that as well? Yeah. And yeah, that's absolutely it. And the, and the other thing is, look, um, a lot of these conspiracy theorists turn out to be right about something, right? That's something that seems off. I mean, these I people devote, I, I don't know either. I, I like, and it just doesn't interest me to go down those rabbit holes and do all the research that these people are doing. There, there's probably kernels of truth in that research, but that, you know, um, again, it's, and so I shouldn't be so dismissive of, of different points of view, whether they're dimwits or midwits or, or anything, um, but I, I can influence the quality of conversation from my end. And I think that, that you're right. That does have an influence on people and, and you can elevate the conversation either way. So cool. Good point. Good chat. Thanks. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode, which will be the last one Tim and I do together this year on uh, wrapping up the year and looking forward and uh, consider supporting us on Subscribestar. We have big plans for the new year and we want to make this a big movement. So head on over to thelibertyexperts.com and help us land in 2021 with a big bang.